My name is yeah, Ty Buckingham. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am married. Uh, I've been married for about five years. No clapping. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, you're too late. Um, that's rude. Um, so we've been married for a little bit, which you guys don't care about. And so, but we've been married, and, you know, as we've been married a little bit, people ask us this question, you know, guys, when are you guys going to have any kids? And if we can be family this morning, um, we don't know when we're going to have kids. We practice all the time. So there we go. All right, there we go. I love how they got a better response on the marriage itself. Okay, whatever. Y'all need Jesus. Okay, so I'm, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm super excited to be here today. And I'm going to uh, be really preaching from a book that I wrote. Uh, actually, I have, I have two of them. And so um, after service, if you want to go uh, have a kind of a deeper dive in Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you. Oh, there we even go. Uh, yeah, there are these two books um, called Holy Spirit's on a Bird and Better Than Jesus. I think we have a, a couple of those left after camp. But, man, I'm going to talk today about the subject of better than Jesus. Like, what if I told you there was something better than Jesus? Like, I, I feel like I can already hear it from the back of the room. Like, we want Barabbas. Like, it feels weird to say that. Like, I feel like when I went to pastor school and Bible college in Texas, I feel like rule number one was this. Jesus is amazing. Yes, I believe that. That's totally true. Rule number two, though, is you cannot say things are better than Jesus. That feels weird. It feels weird to say. I feel like I should be, like, arrested in pastor land. But, man, what, what's crazy is this verse, this moment, this idea of better than Jesus comes up with Jesus talking with his disciples. He's, he's, Jesus is talking to his disciples, these people who gave up everything to follow Jesus. And I feel like the disciples are underrated. I feel like oftentimes we kind of treat the disciples as if they went from one job to another job. But they went from one life to a totally different life following Jesus. Man, they follow Jesus and they are seeing, man, signs and wonders and miracles on a daily basis. It's not this one time, one thing happened. It's a, it's a daily, regular occurrence that God is moving on their lives, and they're seeing these amazing things. Man, they're seeing so many healings and miracles. And I want you to do this. We'll bring this up later, but I want you to personally, in the room, I want you to think to yourself, what is your favorite, like, healing miracle that Jesus does? Like, what's your favorite miracle that Jesus does? We'll bring it up later on, but I think it's just cool to think about because there's so many of them. And if I'm a disciple, if I'm following Jesus and I'm seeing so many things, the question I would probably ask myself would be this. How could it get any better than this? How could it get any better than this? I've given up my whole life of, of, of laboring and working and trying just to get by, and now I have more than enough, more than I could ever seek, ask, or imagine, and I'm following Jesus. And if I'm a disciple, I imagine that my retirement plan is just walking with Jesus until we all are old and we die. However, Jesus says something that I think is ridiculous, and I think it's kind of wild. Uh, if you have your Bible, say, oh, yeah. Okay, a couple of you, good deal. Okay, uh, we'll have it on the screen. If you don't have one, no big deal. Uh, is John 16, verse 7. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he says this, but I am telling you the truth. Now, Jesus is not saying that he's lying at the other times. He's, he's putting a greater emphasis on the words he's about to say. He says, but I am telling you the truth. It is better, say better, it is better for you that I, Jesus, go away, because if I do not go, the helper, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. Now, if I'm a disciple, I've been in this for, you know, two or three years, and all of a sudden, I would be so confused. I would be so perplexed, because I'm like, I gave up everything 
to follow you. Man, it's, it, it couldn't be any better than this, but yet you say that it's better if you leave? Man, that makes no sense to me. Even when I read that, that must have been such a, a bizarre moment. I mean, imagine the disciples being so confused, like, I guess, do I go back to what I used to do? Because, like, I left fishing, and that boat has definitely been stolen. <laughs> like, that thing is gone. Like, like I'm going to be a tax collector again, and they don't like that. Like, like I imagine this, the disciples, when they hear that Jesus is saying, hey, it's better for you that I leave, they would start thinking of, man, i got to go back to the way I used to live. And if you've, if you've experienced Jesus, the question you'd probably be like, how could I ever go back to the life I had before Jesus. Man, I ask myself that all the time. Like, man, how could I ever go back to before I had Jesus? Man, how could you ever go back to what you've seen? You know, better than Jesus is a crazy statement until you realize that Jesus is the one who's saying it. Jesus is the one who says that there is something better for us. You know, other translations say to your greater advantage or your greater profitability. Man, it is better for you that I, Jesus, leave. And, and what Jesus is talking about is Holy Spirit. Man, it, Jesus is saying it's better for you to have Holy Spirit now than have Jesus all these days before. Man, Jesus is setting the stage. He's setting it up. And Jesus is saying that he's going to send Holy Spirit, like, to you and, and to you and to you and to me. And he's, this is not just Jesus talking to the disciples back then. He's talking to all humanity today. Man, on this 4th of July, God is saying that there is something better for you. There is something better for you. And it's not just for the 12, it's, it's for all of us. And I, you know, I would wonder, though, how could it be better than what the disciples had? You know, I remember growing up, I used to always, like, think of, like, man, it would be so cool. Like, Adventures in Odyssey style, if you get that reference. It's like, I would go, like, if I could go back in time, get in the time machine, and go be one of the disciples of Jesus. I'm like, man, because, you know... Me and my wife, uh, my wife is going to pick me up from the airport tonight, and I almost guarantee we will pray, play this game because, you know, we have like a, almost an hour drive from the airport, is we'll, we'll play this game. We play this all the time, is this game of would you rather. And it's usually very simple. It's usually very ridiculous. And it's like, hey, would you rather be a tree or an ice cream cone? I, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. But it kind of leads to conversations sometimes. But my question for you this morning would be this, and it's a real question to ask ourselves. Would you rather go back in time, be one of the 12 disciples, or keep living the life you have now? You know, would you rather go back in time, be one of the 12 disciples, or go or live the rest of your life that you have now? You know, I think so many of us, like I've done this, where I'm like, man, I would do anything to go back and be one of the 12. I would so badly want to go and be one of the 12. But the truth is, is this. Nine of the 12 wanted to be one of the three. And so, hey, let me break that down for a second. There are 12 disciples, but there seem to be three disciples that are, like, it seems like have a more unique, more personal, or more, like, just a different kind of relationship with Jesus. Man, when you look at Peter, James, and John, they seem to have more interactions than the other disciples. And so, man, there's these three disciples that seem to be kind of closer than the other disciples. And so, man, I imagine the other nine disciples would occasionally be jealous of those three. Like, you can't tell me that Judas wasn't a little jealous when Peter walked on water. I, I would be. I would be so jealous. But, man, what I love is this, is that Jesus says that there's something better for us. And, you know, it's, what's crazy to me is this, is we, you know, like the disciples, they, the disciples didn't even have 24-7 access to Jesus. I used to want to go and be one of the disciples, you know, go back in time. But the disciples didn't even get 24-7 access. 
You know, Jesus would go and pray. Jesus would, you know, say, hey, uh, I'm going to go to the other side of the sea, but, you'll, you know, well, uh, I'll meet you there. It ends up meeting him halfway. It's a Bible thing. And then, then later on, you know, Jesus is literally asleep on a boat. You know, in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 8, Matthew uh, chapter 8, it says that, you know, Jesus is sleeping on a boat when there is a massive storm. The disciples are afraid and they wake Jesus up, which I would love to see a video of that. Like, what does it look like when you wake up the God of the universe? I just think it's a weird thing. But so they wake Jesus up and Jesus, almost frustrated, I imagine, is like, you of little faith. And he goes out, he calms the storm. But Jesus sleeps. He goes on walks. He goes in praise. He goes from place to place. But here's what I think is so crazy. Holy Spirit never sleeps. Holy Spirit never sleeps. Holy Spirit never goes on walks. Holy Spirit is always with you constantly. And if I can say it like this, Holy Spirit does what Jesus couldn't. Holy Spirit does what Jesus couldn't. Because Jesus was confined to one place at one time, but Holy Spirit is combined so we can be everywhere and all the time, and he never leaves us, never sleeps on us, never does any of that. You know why? Because Jesus was confined to an earthly body, but now Holy Spirit is within every earthly body that accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior. So the question would be this, what is better? The first of two things is this, what is better with holy, having Holy Spirit? We have better access. We have better access. We have better access. I mean, I would even say this. We have better access to Jesus now than the disciples had to Jesus back then. Because we have a constant line of communication to God through Holy Spirit. I mean, I would say even like this. Man, we can have a better relationship with Jesus than Jesus' mom did with Jesus. You know, eventually, Jesus moves out of his mom's house. Okay, okay, so I want to feel out the room. Here we go. And so I always love because a couple of them are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's always the parents who are saying that. Like, yeah, they should move out. I'm like, it's your house, but whatever. And so, but, you know, Jesus moves out of his mom's house. And eventually she, you know, she would see him from time to time and travel a little bit. But, man, we can have a better relationship with Jesus through Holy Spirit than Jesus' mom did, which I think is amazing. You know, I asked you to think about this before. Uh, I want to do this. This is always risky, but I'm not, it's actually worked every time. But it's this. I want to ask you. I ask you to, um, to think about your favorite, like, healing miracle that Jesus does in the Bible. I bet there's a lot for us personally. But in the Bible, what is your favorite in just a sentence or two? If you just raise your hand, I'd love to know, like, your favorite, like, uh, story, a Jesus healing story. If you just raise your hand or say one or two. Yeah, what's your favorite? The lepers. Yeah, yeah, that's a super good one. Okay, I'm going to take a couple more. Anybody else? Favorite miracle. There's no wrong answer. It's a miracle of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Lazarus. That's a, that's a hard one to be. Okay, uh, pastor, you're, you're going to be right because you're the pastor. So what's your favorite, like, miracle that Jesus does? Yeah, the lady at the Yeshiva. I love that story. I can't really totally relate to it, but I understand it of this idea of, like, man, this. But I can relate to the, the, the destination of how she tries to get to Jesus. You know, the woman with this female issue, she pushes into a crowd she's not supposed to be in. She is literally, you know, she, in that time she would be considered unclean. She's not supposed to be in large crowds. But yet not only does she go into a large crowd, she is pushing through the crowd. This would not be okay. But she pushes through to get to Jesus, to touch the hem of his garment, and then she's radically healed. You know, I love this morning with Lazarus. They have to go and grab Jesus, say, hey, come to where Lazarus has died. Man, so often our favorite miracles that Jesus did are based on people getting to Jesus or Jesus getting to them. 
You know, I think I wonder sometimes, like, do we really love the issue that was healed? Or do we love the destination of how they got to the healing? And so I think what's so awesome in these stories, these are awesome stories, but what if we can have better stories? Because we have better access. We don't have to go and try to find where Jesus is. Jesus comes and finds us wherever we are through Holy Spirit. So we don't have to physically get there. Because why? Because we have a fresh indwelling of Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, you know, in chapter, I think it's uh, 10 or 3, it says, do you not know, chapter 3, uh, verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, lives within you. So everywhere you go, Holy Spirit goes with you. You don't have to find where Jesus is because he finds you wherever you are at. You know, I want us to say this, though. Holy Spirit's amazing, but the truth is, Holy Spirit doesn't stop what Jesus did. Holy Spirit continues what Jesus does. And so, man, we have better what? We have better access. And the second thing we get is this, is better access. Better access. Man, if we have access to hear his voice on a daily basis, we also get that access to do what his voice says to do. And so I love this, uh, John 14, verse 12 says this, Very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples again. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. You know, the question for you, everybody here and myself is this. Am I doing good with that? Am I doing the same works that Jesus did? I mean, when is the last time we did something like Jesus for the first time? And what even goes crazier is it goes even further and says this. They who believe will do even greater things. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. And because I'm going to the Father, I'm sending you Holy Spirit. And, and the truth is, is this. When you have what's better, you will do what's greater. When you have what's better, you will do what's greater. When you have Holy Spirit living in with inside of you, when you have that access constantly to hear his voice, and you understand the excess of more than before so you can do whatever his voice says, then you won't just have what's better, but you will also do what is greater. You know, once the followers of Jesus really got this, it changed everything for them. You know, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus kind of has his last words, and he says, hey, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. They go and they pray for this. They receive it. They receive this on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. They are, they are all filled, every single one of them, with the Holy Spirit. And then what happens is they leave the room they were at. They are all filled with the Holy Spirit. They have this greater access because of the access they already have. And then they don't just stay in the room and speak in tongues all day. They leave the room. They go outside they preach the gospel. Why? Because they have better access to preach in a new and faithful way. And then in one moment, 3,000 people come to Jesus. Here's what's really wild to me. Is when they're praying in this upper room moment, there's 120 you know, disciples, followers of Jesus waiting on Jesus. Jesus says, hey, go and wait for Holy Spirit. Then Jesus ascends to heaven where he is now. But there's only 120 devout followers of Jesus. They all get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then when they have the Holy Spirit, when they have what's better, they do what's greater. And in one moment, they go from 120 to 3,120 in just a mere moment. And we are called to do the same thing. You know, I love that they, they leave the room. They don't just stay in the room, have some, some spiritual experience and hoard it to themselves. Man, they leave the room. 
That's why, I mean, I love the church. I love this church a ton. This is a healthy church. If you're, if you're here for the first time, man, I'm telling you, this is a healthy place to be. But what I love is this, is the church isn't our final destination. You know, our church, you know, going to church cannot be our greatest expression of faith. Going to church cannot be our greatest expression of faith because God has called us to do more than just come into the building. He's called us to do what's greater outside of the building. If I can say it like this, going to church isn't your greatest expression. It is the minimal expectation. It's the minimal. Like, like, man, if you feel awesome in here, man, it gets so much better out there if you do what you're taught in here out there. Man, we can have greater faith in all these awesome things. And, man, so the, the last thing I want to do is I want to share a quick story of the first time I ever did something out there, outside of the church. I mean, I saw some cool things growing up inside the church, but one time, the, for the first time, I saw something amazing outside the church. And I want this to be a practical story for us so that we can be encouraged that God can do this with everybody. So a while, a long time ago, you know, I was about, this is about seven or so years ago, the first time I ever saw God move outside of church for me personally is I was going to Walmart and I went to Walmart, I was going to buy a video game because I'm 11. And so I was going to buy a video game and I still buy, I buy them and it's whatever. But, so, but when you buy a video game at Walmart, there's a problem. Because um, no matter what game you get, whether it's Mario or whatever, they're all protected by this glass case. So you have to actually get permission to buy a video game. So as a grown man, I have to go up to somebody and ask permission to play video games. It's pretty embarrassing, pretty humiliating, but it's fine. So I go up, I see this lady who's a Walmart employee. I see the back of her shirt. It says, how may I help you? And I say, hey, ma'am, can you help me out? She turns around and she looks at me, and my life was forever changed. I look at her name tag, and it had two letters on it, T-Y, but it's a girl. For the first time in my life, I realized I was given a woman's name. Like, I, this, I never had this happen before. I freaked out. I was so mad at my mom in this moment because I, I never had this happen. And I was so blown away. I was like, what is happening? But she ends up, she gets the video game out. Uh, she, we start checking out. And all of a sudden, I feel this nudge from Holy Spirit, this nudge in the right direction. Why? Because I have better access to hear his voice and access to do what his voice says. And so really quickly what happens is this, is I say, hey, ma'am, this might be really weird, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Would that be okay? And she's like, yeah, sure. I mean, honestly, she's getting paid to get prayed for. Way better than any of us, you know, turn out today. Okay, so, so that happens. So I'm like, hey, I'm about to pray for you. And then I feel even specifically, and this has never happened before, uh, before this moment. But I was like, hey, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray for like your, your, your left leg or your left knee. Does that mean anything to you? She's like, yeah, I'm actually, I've been in pain for that, that knee issue for seven years. And I was like, okay, no pressure. And so then I, I begin to pray in a really chill way. I put my hands in my pockets, and I'm like, Jesus, you love my friend. I pray that you'd heal her in the name of Jesus because you love her. Uh, I want to know this actually real quick. Raise your hand if you're married. Raise your hand if you're married. Okay, cool. Yeah, when has yelling made anything better ever? Yeah, never. But yet sometimes when we pray for people, we feel like we have to yell or scream or shout or shake. We don't need to do any of that because Holy Spirit is within us, and he's right there. He can hear you. So I'm really chill, and I'm saying, hey, Jesus, would you heal my friend? And she looks at me, and she says, oh, snap. Say, oh, snap. Not those exact words, but really close. And so, yeah, so she cusses at me. That really happened. But I do not expect a non-believer to act like a believer. I don't get offended by it. Why? Because we're living on two different, like, systems of belief. And so she, she kind of freaks out at me, and she's like, it feels kind of better. 
I'm like, she's like, if it was a seven before, now it feels like, you know, like a seven of pain, you know, like, uh, you know, like zeros, no pain, tens a lot. If it was a lot earlier, it feels like a little bit less. And it's like, sweet, let's pray again. And so I pray again. It goes down a little bit. And she's like, oh, my goodness, this is so weird. She's like, my leg feels like really hot. And I said, hey, I'm married, so please don't be weird. And so I can't, I should not have said that. That was so dumb. <laughs> my wife is going to kill me. And so, and then, but then I pray one more time because she's like, it's getting better and better. And then I'm like, hey, like, like, like. I'm going to pray for you one more time. She's like, is that okay? She's like, yeah. She's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. It's not just my left knee. It's my, my right knee and both of my feet. I have this disease called lupus. She's like, I have this disease that the doctors say there's really no cure for. They can only treat it, make it a little bit better. But I've had this for seven years. And she's like, and it's getting better and better. So I, I'm about to pray one more time. And I pray and I say, Jesus, I pray. And as I'm praying, she literally walks away. And like, I've had women walk away from me when I'm talking to them. It's like, been there and done that. But this... Your laughing is rude. Okay, but so, and like as if you haven't had that happen to you, pastor. And so then, you know, I'm walking around and this, so she walks away and she starts jumping around. And I'm like, this lady went from unsaved to Pentecostal in like four seconds. I'm like, what in the world is happening? And then, and I've literally forgot that we were praying. I'm like, hey, why, what are you doing? She's like, you don't understand. I haven't been able to jump in like seven years without pain. She's like, I don't know, but I think your God just healed my lupus. And in this one moment at a Walmart by some punk kid who was just trying to buy a video game seven years ago, a healing moment happened. Why? Because I have better access to hear his voice and better access to do what his voice says. And here's what I love. When I went to Walmart that day, I wasn't going as a pastor or a preacher or a guest speaker. I was going as a person. Man, ah, curious. I'll raise your hand if you would consider yourself a person, okay? Okay, good. You are qualified to have even greater stories than the one I just told. I want this to be a really practical story for you to understand that we can be normal when we pray for people, but also we can see God move on our daily basis. If I can have my friends uh, in the band just make their way back up, is this, we're going to pray in a moment. But man, I don't want you to think that this is just for preachers and pastors. Man, Holy Spirit isn't just for the spiritual elite. Holy Spirit is for everybody. Holy Spirit is for absolutely everybody. And you might be like, yeah, but I, I don't know. That, that might work for you, but that doesn't really work for me. I've prayed for people before, and it didn't work out the way I thought it would. But can I be real with you? Just because God didn't doesn't mean that God doesn't. Just because God didn't one time doesn't mean that God doesn't all the time. I mean, I'm not going to dictate my future based on what happened in the past. I mean, I'm not going to let what happened didn't happen to somebody else dictate what's going to happen to the next person. And so, man, if it doesn't look the way I think it's supposed to look, it's an opportunity for me to pray again and to see, God, what, what, where did I miss it? I don't know. He, you know, he's always good, but sometimes I can miss it. Man, some people might believe this. They might say, hey, I, I don't know if there's anything better for me. I feel like it's Jesus in that. It's it. You know, some people would even teach that Holy Spirit's power was just for back in the day, back in the Bible times, and it stopped now. Can I be real with you, my friends? If someone's ever preached or communicated to you that Holy Spirit stopped, it's only because that person never started. They only say Holy Spirit stopped is because they themselves never started and they're trying to excuse their own lack of power. But the truth is, is this, it's not my power, it's his power. Say amen. Okay, we're on the same page. And here's what I love is Holy Spirit is for all of us. Holy Spirit's for all of us. Whether you have been a believer for a day or decades, Holy Spirit is for you and there is better for you. 
So we're gonna pray for two things this morning, right where we're at. But if we can do this, if you're physically able to, can you stand to your feet? If you're physically able to, and if you can, it's no big deal. But I'm just gonna have us pray. We're gonna pray through two things, and then we're just gonna kinda go through one more song, kinda let this like really settle in, really resonate with us. Man, the truth is, is this, there is something better for you. His name is Holy Spirit, and he wants to dwell within you for better access to hear his voice and better access to do what his voice says. So I want us to do this with every head bowed and every eye closed. We're gonna pray, not because it's private, but because it is personal. And I want this not to be between me and you, but between you and Jesus. If you'd say, man, I, I want this access, but I feel like I don't even have initial access. Man, I want all access with Holy Spirit, but I feel like I've never even had initial access. I've never given my life to Jesus. See, Jesus made Holy Spirit possible because he died on the cross, rose again, and then, man, Holy Spirit indwells in his people because of that. Jesus is real. He's the son of the living God who came and died a perfect life. Man, he died in your place, for you, as you. He died on a cross, rose from the dead three days later so that you don't have to die and go to hell, but you can have heaven after you die and heaven here on earth as we live. So if that's you, real quick, if you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe at one point you did, but you've, you've kind of fallen away from Jesus, and you'd say, you know what, I, I want that access back. I want to hear his voice on a regular basis. I want to be in a right standing and a right relationship with Jesus. Without anybody looking around, it's just me, I just wanna pray with you. If that's you, if you've never given your life to Jesus, or at one point you did and you say you wanna come back to Jesus, would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with in this room? Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, let's put our, we can put our hands down. I want us to do this. We're not gonna pull anybody up or anything like that, but I want us to together pray with the two people that responded to that. So I want us to be a radiant family and I want us to pray together because the Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It's that simple. So I want us to pray together, radiant family. Let's pray out loud, say, Jesus, I know you're pursuing me. You always have. I give you my life. I know you died for me and rose from the dead. I repent of my sins. I confess you as Lord. I'm all in. Amen. Awesome. Can we give it up for the two people who just made that decision? It's the best thing that happens all day. Man, I love on a, on a 4th of July. Man, we can pray for so many things, but there's nothing better to pray for than, than salvation. And so we're gonna pray for the next just two or three minutes is this. Man, if we pray for access to hear his voice, to be in that right standing relationship, the second thing we're gonna pray for is access. To not just, not just to hear what he says, but to do what he says. So where we're at, I want us to do this. I want us to make where you're at, your kind of your altar space. And if you wanna come forward, you could, but I wanna encourage you to see even where you're at, to pray, because oftentimes we have to deal with God where we're at. So I want you to do this, if you can bow your heads, close your eyes, and even just lift up your hands just a little bit. It's just a sign of receiving from God. Man, if you're here and you've, had, you've given your life to Jesus, Holy Spirit dwells within you, but he wants to do more than just dwell within you. He wants to go out from you. So I'm gonna pray over you, but then I want us to pray for a moment about the people who need Jesus in our life. And I want us to even hear from God, hear from Holy Spirit of who should I pray for right now? So first, God, I pray this. I pray that every person in this house and watching online who 
who's praying this and say, I don't just want to hear his voice. I want the empowerment to do what his voice says. God, I pray that you would give my friends greater access to hear your voice and greater access to do what your voice says. And God, even as we pray this, I know that we are inviting you to give us divine opportunities to hear your voice and to do what your voice says. So God, would you do something more? And lastly is this, as we're in this time of prayer, and as the band leads us just through one quick uh, chorus or song, I want us to pray in that mode. Man, on the 4th of July, you might be called, God might be calling you to pray for our country. Man, God might be calling you to pray for this city. You know, what's crazy is this, Jesus was never gonna come to Ohio. That's why you're here. That's why there's one more for Jesus. That's why there's Ohio for Jesus. Because Holy Spirit's in you. You are Jesus to Ohio and Dublin and the surrounding areas. So for while the, while, the, while the worship team leads us, I want you to just be praying for the things Holy Spirit calls you to pray for, whether it's your country or your city, and asking God, I want to pray for you, I'm gonna pray for, and God, would you help me be a vessel to heal the land you're calling me to pray for? Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that we get to come and be in your house. We get to be in a place where you get to speak to us. But Lord, so that we can experience you, we can access you and go with you and access you all week long. Lord, as was so well spoken this morning, so that the excess can be poured out upon the people of our world. So Lord, as we have July 4th today, as maybe we have a celebration, we're going to go hang out with some people, or maybe tomorrow at camp, or whatever our, our week has for us, God. Lord, I pray the excess of you, Holy Spirit, would pour out from us onto our world over and over and over again. Lord, let us honor you with our lives. Let us honor you with our weekend or our week here, Lord Jesus, with a holiday. Lord, so that the world can see you, the world can know you. So Lord, don't let us do anything that wouldn't speak right of you as Holy Spirit, you take us and you use us to make a difference. We love you. We love you, Jesus. You are so good. We love you, Jesus. Church, God is good. He's got good things. This week, let's let God use us. Let's let God speak through us and do special things through us. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus.